Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Nothing on the radio. Yo, turn to that station. Say, kids, what time is it? This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Jeff Lutz. We should be in the moment, but also it's good to have something to look forward to. Oh, that's true. In Jason Duda. Yeah, it doesn't mean that anything's wrong or anything like that. It's just that you're you're looking forward to something. Lesson one, lose the goatee. Lesson two, get a suit. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's showtime, baby. You'll go wacko, bananas, nuts, crazy, unbelievable. Good afternoon and welcome. It is Bob and Jeff on KFH. Bob? Bob? No, Bob's yeah. not here. Yes, this is Bob. <laughs> is, that, is that your Bob impression? Yes, how Jeff, am I doing? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? No, it was more Seriously. like this when he I'm was. I'm being serious. He was doing an impressionation yesterday, and it kind of sounded like like this. What was he doing an impression of? You. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? What was I saying? I'm not sure, but I was like, "Wow, like you can't do that. That's just you wrong. can't do that. That's awful. They was impersonating. It wasn't very good. But a family that's member what like he was that? doing. Yeah. As I've often said, and Jason Duda is with me. I'm Jeff Lutz. Bob not here today, despite our pleas just now for him. Uh, to come by, my mother did the best impression of me that I've ever heard. Really? Uh, and the only people I've ever heard do impressions of me are my mom and my dad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was a uh, 50% shot. My mom took it. Well, at least you got two that tried it. Has anyone ever tried an impression of you? Because you've got the Canadian accent. Uh, it's not necessarily... Widespread down here. Uh, in the a lot of people. United a lot of States. people down here have tried, but they only use two words: a boat and a. Really? Yeah. Well, and that's... then, they, but they use their own voice, so I don't think that counts. What about Edmund? Edmund. Edmund. What about Edmund? <laughs> do they try that for the impression? I don't. I don't know. I just say, "Do you know where Edmonton is?" I don't. It's in Alberta. It's in Alberta, which is a very like Calgary, very big area. How many Alberta towns can you name? Edmonton, Calgary, Sexsmith, Grand Prairie, Wembley, Claremont, Spirit River, Fairview, Peace River, Okotoks. That's a lot. Saint How many people Albert. are in Okotoks? Not very many. It's too bad. It is. Do you think you could name more towns in Canada or in Kansas? Oh, Canada. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably true. That's that's a given. Eight six nine twelve forty. Uh, if you'd like to join us, that is the IHOP hotline. We're big pancake fans here. Woo. That's never been a secret. Uh, and when we eat pancakes, we go to IHOP. That's just—it's uh, literally in the name, International House of Pancakes. Here's what happened to me—not really happened to me yesterday, but here's what happened. And uh, I was just reading my Twitter, and I thought I'd get uh, your take on this. Mm-hmm. So. During the seventh inning stretch at wind surge games, uh, the people in the upper level, the press area, the control room, all everything like that. The they, cool kids. Yeah, they throw down these little softy balls. Have you ever, have you ever seen these softy balls? They've got like the rubber exterior with the cotton inside, you know, these little like balls. Okay. And uh, I, always, I always search for a, a child to throw them to. Right, because who? Well, I don't need an adult, even though no. I took even though I took one home the other day. No uh-huh. adults need to be stealing these balls or taking these. I don't like saying balls that often, but you know what I'm talking about from children. Yeah, well, yes, you never. Uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna say it because <laughs> you don't want to take those from children for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to just leave it at that. But please continue Absolutely. with this very so, intriguing conversation that you started. So I threw a ball to a young child, a young girl, 
and she was not really looking. It kind of like just sailed right over her hands, and a, an older gentleman picked it up, right? Right. And he did not seem inclined to give it away, but he kept. I, we we made eye contact, and I said, "No, that was for her." And he didn't give it to her. And I said, "No, that was for her again." Ooh, ooh yeah. And then he handed it to her, uh, but then I felt bad. <laughs> So I just sat down immediately, and we had no further interaction with that gentleman the rest of the night. Um, should I have felt bad? No. But I kind of did. That guy clearly wanted the ball. He had one and was still up there, like, holding his hands up for another ball. Well, are they were they for the kids, or are they for anybody? They're for anybody. Whoa, well, then you got a problem. Because <laughs> that means it gets for anybody. But shouldn't the person I'm throwing to, throwing the ball to, get the ball? Yeah, but you were throwing it to somebody that wasn't even looking, you said. But it was a child. He's looking at the other places. I wasn't the only person throwing the ball. There's this whole row of people throwing the ball, and she was looking at those people throwing the ball because they had multiple balls, and I only have one ball. <laughs> yes. You needed two balls, I and I think you'd have been better. Probably If you so. had two balls, you'd, be, you'd have been in a way better place, <laughs> not just there but in your life. And well, I think then you could have, gave, could have gave both your balls away. <laughs> and if you'd have given both your balls away, that gentleman would have got one and, and the other person. That's true. See, but normally you give it to the kid. I mean, that's just kind of what you do, right? Uh, I mean, when, think... we, when we used to throw, give hockey pucks away and warm up and stuff, we always threw them to the kids. Sometimes parents would get them and be like, no, give it to the kid. Right. Like, it's not for you. And it's the, kid, little... the kid's going to be more excited about it. And it's a little ball. It's a little ball. Well, maybe he needed a ball. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this guy just needed a ball. Perhaps. Maybe like I needed a ball the other day when I took a ball home. <laughs> now I've got a ball you go, just rolling you, around. You got a ball at home? Yeah. You should have got two because you probably need them both at home. <laughs> I don't know. I like... Never mind. Um, <laughs> let's set up the show today. What's on tap? I thought I had the sheet where I was supposed to read that off of, but you know I never do. Here it is. What's on tap? That's all I have to say. It says right there. Uh, Taylor Eldridge, 225. That's the very next segment. Uh, we got some stuff of Wichita State Athletics to talk about. He covers Wichita State Athletics for the Wichita Eagle and Kansas.com. Yes, he does. You guys talked about Wichita State baseball a little bit yesterday. We did. We'll continue to, to do that. We'll talk basketball. We'll talk a little women's basketball. Maybe we'll dip into the softball area. Okay. Even though that season is over, pretty yeah. successful year. Right. But I where do agree. they go from here without Sidney McKinney and some others? Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I know they got Addison Barnard's sister coming in. Yes. And they got a couple others, so maybe he'll know a little bit about the uh, the ladies joining the club for next year. You know what Wichita State softball needs? What? And, and, I, di- and I discovered... I actually did a minimal amount of research into this. I discovered that what they need is pretty darn attainable. And what they need is a dominant strikeout pitcher. Yes, well, everybody, especially in, in softball, needs that. Correct. I but mean, in baseball, anybody, you want a dominant pitcher well, that I can go in and just get you a couple Ks when needed. I understand but that. They're but probably not that easy to find. Okay, maybe not. But here's here's what I'm saying. The number four pitcher, actually tied for third this year in strikeouts, went to the University of Omaha. Okay? Okay. Uh, the number six pitcher in strikeouts went to Northern Iowa. Number seven, South Dakota State. Number eight, George Mason. Number 10, Campbell. Number 11, Marshall. Number 12, Loyola Marymount. Number 16, South Alabama. 17, Winthrop. 18, Murray State. 19, Canisius. Tied for 19, Miami. 21, Belmont. These, these, aren't, these pitchers aren't all going to Tennessee and, and Florida and Oklahoma, right? True. So Very here's true. what probably that means. On one hand, it means... They probably pitch a whole, whole lot, right? I would think probably. Because these programs probably aren't, like, just <clears throat> dripping in pitching. No, and in softball, you don't need to have a bunch of rest between days. Right. So a team like Oklahoma, which has probably 40 pitchers, they're not going to be on the strikeout leaderboards. Right. Because they have too much depth. 
Right. None of their pitchers are going to be on that list. True. But it does mean that high strikeout pitchers are available if you want to go dip into the transfer portal. What are the numbers per inning? Okay, let's, Do you go, have to, it? let's go to strikeouts uh, per seven innings. Well, that would, uh, that, would, that would give us a little bit more of an idea. Number three, UNI. Number four, Belmont. Six, Omaha. Eight, Utah State. Nine, Maryland, Baltimore County. Ten, IUPUI. Fourteen, Loyola Marymount. Seventeen, South Dakota State. Nineteen, Louisiana. Twenty-two, Boston U. Twenty-four, Dayton. Twenty-five, Indiana State. Iona, Coastal Carolina, Princeton. So, again, there's some strikeout pitchers out there. Well, and maybe Wichita, maybe that's what the, maybe that's what they're looking for. And Wichita State's softball team had really good pitching. Their ERAs were all very good. But then when you go against a Nebraska or a, an Oklahoma State or an Oklahoma, and you really need pitching, wipeout pitching, you saw what happened. Fair enough. At times, fair Let's enough. Let's go to the IHOP hotline. Is this Nick from Chicago? Says, uh, how you boys doing? Good. You? What's up? Hey, man. Well, so what do you guys think about the uh, change in uh, with the men's team? What do you think about that? Baseball? Is that what we're talking about? Yep. Uh, they talked about that all year. What was the verdict yesterday for from you guys? Well, looking, you got to look. Looking, we, we kind of broke it down for the first segment, and you know, you look at it from. Wichita State standpoint, and they did go three and eight their last eleven games. Uh, their RPI wasn't that good. Um, then the other side of it is they won thirty games this year. Exactly. I can see, I can see both sides. I think here's what I think. I think I was, I was quite surprised that they got rid of them this quickly. Okay. Um, I don't know if maybe there's something else going on. Maybe there's the irons in the fire that they got that they're going to bring in or. Are exceptional, so it's tough to say right now until I think we find out who's actually going to get that job. I believe uh, Nick from Chicago that uh, for better or worse, Kevin Saul lost some trust. I don't think a lot of fans are too excited about having to fill three prominent job openings within a two or three month span. I don't I think that makes a lot of people nervous. Now could all yep. of them work out great and and it's brilliant and uh yep. everyone loves Kevin Saul in a year. Of course that could happen. But right. I think a lot of people are are really nervous about the fact that uh you know he's kind of quick on the trigger uh with, with letting coaches go and, and having to fill all those spots. Uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent and you know the uh the deal with I mean there was a the light was there uh, at the end of the tunnel with the current team that we had this year. Yeah, they run a little bad stretch, but that you know you don't pitch well, you're gonna lose. You guys know that, right? So the pitching went downhill a little bit. Timely hitting, we did make some comebacks, not enough. But I'm just kind of curious. Did, and you guys might come up with something, but do you think that uh, this was in a plan earlier? And just the other day, you think something was going on behind the scenes other than the other day with Hibbs? No idea. Uh, can't even begin to speculate on that. I mean, there's always something happening behind the scenes. We don't, we're not privy to everything that happens within a program. But uh, here's, here's what's interesting. And you can read it. I mean, obvi- I mean it's obvious what, it's, what, it's, what it means and what it's saying. But pretty much every player who has entered the transfer portal, has announced it on Twitter and said due to the recent coaching changes. Right. So they're, they're very explicitly saying, hey, we were tied to Lauren Hibbs. We wanted Lauren Hibbs back. Uh, right. I thought that was interesting. And does it mean that there was something brewing behind the scenes or that uh, ev- people were happy or unhappy? Impossible to say, but I just thought that element of it was, was interesting. I think, uh, and you know something, here's the thing. Don't forget that when we had the change before with Wedge leaving and 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 Hibbs took over, nobody nobody bolted out of here. Right, you know? exactly. Everyone stayed. That I, I Everyone agree with stayed. you on that. Yeah, that's that was pretty pretty telling as well, Nick. But other than that, I'm I'm glad you guys are doing good and um 
Jeff, when are you going to be doing? Are you doing uh, the wind surge tomorrow? I will be doing the wind surge music tomorrow. Okay, well, play a little upbeat music. You know what I mean? Like center field. Yeah, that's played you know, out. Run with the devil, stuff like that. Get the place rolling. Usually on Fridays, I don't do the music very often now, but Sundays was my mellow music day, mellow music Sunday, because it was an afternoon game. People are coming from church. It's, you know, it's a little bit more laid back and low key. But when I did the music on Fridays, I always tried to play upbeat, happy, good music. Not necessarily the music still that you'll hear everywhere else, but it'll be upbeat. It'll be fun. I, I guarantee you that. Nick from Chicago. I'll, I'll have an exquisite playlist uh, to roll out tomorrow. But listen, Sunday is usually family day. Right. We've got to get that place rocking with some music, man. I'll, we'll do our best. I don't do Sunday this week. I only do Friday. Well, think about Friday, too. Even uh, though it's date night, you know, rock and roll, buddy. All right. I'll, I'll have a little bit of everything. All right. Thanks, Nick. Do we have that was a good conversation with Nick from Chicago? Usually is. He usually only calls when Bob is here. Really? Seems like it. I don't know if Nick from Chicago has ever just called the two of us. Oh yeah. But he I has. feel honored and privileged. You Nick, should. One of the nicest human beings you'll run into on the face of this earth. Yeah, good player. Um, I'll keep setting up the show. I, here's what I like. I like setting up the show but then talking about what's on the show, but then talking about the topics that are going to be on the show. Sure. Like kind of making the whole first segment setting up the show instead of my dad, welcome to welcome to Bob and Jeff. Here's the show. Uh, and what do you think about this? That's what Bob does. Well, everybody's different, Jeff. Doesn't allow anybody to breathe. Everybody's or... different. You can't get mad at somebody else because they do something welcome a different to the show. way. Bob, uh, we have Taylor Eldridge on. That's, that's his style. Not really my style. Uh, at 2.45, DJ Ingle, he is A, not the, pitching coach for the Wichita Wind Surge. There you go. Um, they have two. Two? He's one of them. Wow. He, uh, DJ Ingle, he uh, coached at McPherson College. He got his master's degree from Fort Hayes State. I don't believe he's from Kansas originally, but he's got some ties to Kansas. And he can answer the most important question about the wind search pitching staff. What's that, Jeff? Michael Boyle comes out. His walkout song is Hotel California. Does he just like that song, or is he a big Eagles guy? Oh, can't wait to find that answer out. And I mean, did, I'm on pins and needles here. I am, too. I'm, I'm really curious. DJ Ingle is paid to get to know these guys uh, front and back, you know, like uh, know oh. everything about them. So I'm sure he'll have an answer for us. No question. At uh, 325, we'll have a, a Bob and Jeff draft. Only you're Bob today. I'm Bob? <laughs> yes. I guess we already uh, went through that charade. Um, American hockey players, the category. All right. And here's what I've done. Nothing. I came up with the category. That's it. Oh. Because I told you the category. I didn't want to have like this. I didn't want to have like this list and this big draft board when I could only just tell you about the category today, right? That True. wouldn't be fair. Ac so I'm going to be learning as I go, just as much as you are. That's right. And at 3:40, who knows? Yeah, that's kind of our our, our hodgepodge segment. We might do some FanDuel stuff. I've got some thoughts and opinions on how. The NBA Finals might go. Okay, I can do you that. probably have some thoughts and opinions about how the Stanley Cup Finals will go. Possibly. I heard yesterday you're all in with Vegas. I think Vegas wins. I like Florida. But Florida has been the best team over the last month, right? They have been, and or probably more. through the playoffs. But Vegas has had probably a little tougher road besides uh, Florida having to beat Boston. Toronto shouldn't have beat Tampa. Toronto, I didn't, I did not, and I, I watched all the playoffs. Was not impressed with them at all. Couldn't believe they beat Tampa Bay. So Florida was, I had them win in that series. I had them win in their next series. They're gonna be, they're gonna be in a little tougher against Vegas, who has four lines that are rolled out there and can play against anybody. So I think it's gonna be tougher on Florida. Uh, I think Vegas wins, but I'm probably cheering for Florida. 
But I said before the playoffs started that whoever comes out of the West will probably win it. Here's why I'm kind of cheering. And I might watch. Saturday they play, right? Yep. Is that a, that's a night game. I probably won't be able to watch that one because do, I am doing wind surge scoring uh, that night. But kind of want Vegas to win. Because they've already lost a finals, what two, three years ago? Well, neither one of the, neither one of these teams have ever won championships. I know, but so. like Vegas is so good so quickly that I don't want to see them lose two this early. Florida was an expansion team, what like the eighties or nineties? They well, haven't been, been around, around for, too long. They've been around for a while, but yeah, not like Vegas. So I want Vegas. Okay, fair enough. And you're and you want Florida. Well, I think I think Vegas is going to win. Like if if I'm going to go and put some money down, I'm putting it on Vegas. But I'm kind of cheering for Florida. They had to last three weeks of, an of the season. They had to scratch and claw to get in, and Pittsburgh floundered near the end of the year, and so they ended up getting that last spot. They go and beat Boston, who had the best regular season ever in the NHL. Then they go and just destroy the next couple teams, and now they're in the final. It's a good story. So I'm kind of cheering for Florida, but I wouldn't uh, personally put any – Money on that side. Isn't that crazy that both Miami teams were number eight seeds and got to the finals, and they both beat Boston oh. as underdogs? Isn't that crazy? It There's one crazy. guy in here that doesn't like that. Well, yeah. We're well, not going to say he's, who. He's listening to The Who, I think, instead of our show, and that's okay. Uh, we'll take a break. Right now, we'll come back and talk with Taylor Eldridge about Wichita State Athletics. Always a hot topic around here, but especially now that uh, Lauren Hibbs and his staff with Wichita State Baseball have been dismissed. We'll get uh, Taylor's thoughts on that and other things when we come back. Jason Duda is here. It's Bob and Jeff on KFH. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And 1240 KFH. Welcome back. Bob and Jeff on KFH. Thought we might get to hear Stevie. Pretty, uh, Legendary voice we just scratched out of the intro. Sure. Hey, Want to know something just insane? Oh, Dewey. I was, I can't. Well, uh, hit me with it. I was that. at Chipotle the other night, and I thought I heard my favorite Stevie Wonder song playing on the PA system, Hey Love, but it was not. It was not that song. That was insane. That I insane? mean, <laughs> how can we get through our day without knowing that information? Good question. Uh, let's go to the IHOP hotline and talk with Taylor Eldridge. He covers Wichita State sports and basically everything else for the Wichita Eagle and Kansas.com. Taylor, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So, absolutely. We're happy to have you on. Uh, the Wichita State uh, baseball situation, coaching situation, has uh, come front and center with that within that athletic program. Uh, you've floated some names 
out there. But what did, what do you make of not only the Lauren Hibbs uh, dismissal, but the fallout with his statement? A lot of players leaving. It looks like a, a, an unstable program at the moment. Uh, do you feel like that can be fixed? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you make the right hire, and uh, you know, I think Kevin Saul, you know, probably not a surprise. You know, he knew there was going to be some fallout. You know, after that decision, uh, I think Hibbs and the staff, uh, Pelfrey, especially Pelfrey and Sirianni, those guys are well liked, and uh, you know, obviously those guys came to Wichita State to play for those guys, and uh, you know, you've seen the. Uh, you know, the the aftermath, you know, I think uh, eight players uh, left on the roster now, uh, more than I think it was like uh, it's up to like 25, 26 uh, in the portal, something crazy like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to take a step back uh, in the short term. But, uh, you know, I know people, a lot of people are upset. Uh, like I said, his is, uh, you know, former shocker, Pelfrey, former shocker. These are stars of the program. You know, Pelfrey's name is on the bullpen. Uh, so these guys were well-liked by alums, too, and it's not going to be, you know, a unanimous popular decision to move on from those guys. But if Kevin Saul, you know, obviously he uh, has a vision to try to get Wichita State, basketball, or Wichita State baseball back to uh, not just the postseason, but to make deep runs to try to get this program back to Omaha. And, uh, yeah, so they're going to – it's going to be rough right now, but if they make the right hire, I do think they can turn this thing around – and, uh, you know, Kevin Saul was uh, hired to, you know, make tough decisions like this. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see uh, who he hires. And it's going to be, you know, this is going to be a multiple-year process now to turn this thing around just because, uh, you know, the new coach is going to be starting from basically scratch. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. And I, I guess, Taylor, what I'm kind of curious about, um, being a former player and a coach and um was was Hibbs liked that much by these guys, or was this a situation where he got the job so late last year that maybe some of the guys would have entered the portal if they could have, um, or is it just the fact that uh, no, they they liked Lauren Hibbs, he's gone, so they're leaving. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, you know Hibbs was uh, it was kind of strange because he was like the operations guy last year, so he wasn't as hands on. It was mostly you know. I would give a lot of the credit to uh, Pelfrey and Sirianni. Those were the guys that were with the players, you know, day to day. So I think the, a lot of the, the, the roster really liked uh, those two. And then obviously his was kind of that calming veteran voice uh, last year. And, uh, you know, I think this group was, uh, uh, you know, pretty close. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think there were going to be transfers uh, just because of, uh, you know, that's just the, the nature of, uh, you know, uh, college athletics right now. So I think it, it's fair to say that a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are probably gone anyway. Uh, but, I mean, you just look at the messages that a lot of these guys are putting up when they, they decide to enter the transfer portal and they're citing because of the coaching change. So I think it's fair to say that, uh, you know, that move led, uh, you know, a lot, you know, mostly the starters too. You know, I've, I've noticed a lot of the, the guys that were, you know, the bigger names, have cited the the coaching change. So I think uh uh you know it's kind of like the men's basketball, you know, when the when all those guys left a couple of years ago too, you know, it's not just one reason here or there. There's a lot of different reasons for it, but uh yeah, I mean, I think uh uh you know, you're seeing this amount of uh the number, the roster turnover because of the coaching change. Uh but some of those guys were probably leaving anyway. Talking with uh, Taylor Eldridge, uh, covers Wichita State for the WichitaEagleKansas.com. I've got a couple questions. I'm trying to figure out which one to ask. I'll go with this one. Um, is there a world that exists that do you believe that Lauren Hibbs uh, could have done this job for another three or four years and then handed it off to someone currently on the staff? Maybe Mike Pelfrey wants that job. I don't know. Maybe it's Mike Sirianni. Did it feel like there could have been a succession process uh in order for this current staff or was it best to just hit the reset button if you're going to make a change yeah i mean i i think that's certainly possible and you know another athletic director uh might make that decision because that's obviously uh you know as we've seen uh you know they're they're uh, a popular staff just because of the, the the ties to wichita state baseball i know alums like to see a former shocker in charge uh to keep that that you know gene stevenson coaching tree alive so uh, yeah, I mean, I think they could have gone that route. And uh, uh, I think 
when you're Kevin Saul, though, you're, I mean, he puts in so much time and research and energy. I mean, he breaks down stuff. I just listened to a podcast with him and man, he, he's like meticulous with his research and he puts in a lot of time and energy. So uh, you can trust that he did his research on this and yeah, I mean, Wichita State baseball probably could have been, you know, pretty good, you know, kind of what they were this year, uh, you know, in the mix for the championship. But, uh, you know, you look at the RPI, they weren't really involved in the, for an at-large bid. Uh, you know, they kind of floundered down the stretch. But, you know, they had a lot of talents on the roster. You know, you keep the staff in place. Uh, you know, it could have, uh, you know, maybe you get to a regional eventually. But uh, I think with Saul, I think he has bigger uh, plans. I mean, he wants, uh, he wants this program – to be back, like I said, you know, a regular postseason team making deep runs every other couple of years. So um, I think he's going to, you know, take a step back, uh, you know, strip it down. And then if he if he nails this hire uh, and, you know, it's going to take some time to build it up. But, you know, if he nails the hire, I think they could have like a potential, uh, you know, higher upside, you know, long term. I know it's tough for fans and, and you know, to, to realize that now because the short term it's going to be rough. But I think longer term, if you trust in Saul, uh, you know, it could be the right decision. I'm going to switch gears on you here a little bit and turn to softball. Obviously, that program has grown immensely and uh, they have done a fantastic job there. But now you're losing some key seniors and, of course, probably one of, if not the best player in the country in Sydney McKinney this year. How does softball look for next year, and uh, what about some of the ladies that they're going to be bringing in? Yeah, so softball, uh, yeah, that's a big question. I mean, this is probably the most talented roster that they had had under Christy Breadbrenner. Obviously, you know, you're losing three of the five biggest bats in, in Sid McKinney and, uh, you know, Lauren Mills, Zoe Jones, girls like that. So uh, it's going to take a lot to, to replace them, but, uh, I mean, they, they are very confident in the young and upcoming talent they have. Obviously, the big bats that are going to be back in the lineup are Addie Barnyard, Lauren Lucas, who just got a third-team All-American nod uh, today. Um, so uh, they're very excited about those girls. Uh, they're very excited about the, the, the incoming freshman class, too. You know, Addie's little sister, Avery Barnard, is uh, kind of like a uh, – kind of in the Sid McKinney uh, mold, you know, uh, very high average, very speedy. Uh, she could see playing time right away. Mila Seaton. Uh, big home run hitter. Uh, I know uh, they're very high on a couple of the arms that they have coming in that are going to be freshmen. And obviously they return, you know, they're all three of their pitchers from this last season. That was a pretty good staff, uh, you know, probably the best they've had uh, under Christie as well. So, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a little different not seeing Sid McKinney out there, you know, in a Wichita State softball uniform, but I still think this uh, program is going to be in the mix for, you know, a conference championship and to, to go back to a regional uh, next year, especially if they hit on, uh, you know, these younger, uh, the younger classes. And, you know, I know they're very high on the sophomore class too, Sammy Hood, Taylor Stavlicek, uh Sierra Hoekstra, you know, those three all saw playing time as, as true freshmen and they're all coming back and got three more years. So, um, you know, the future I think is pretty bright, but it's always going to be tough to replace, like I said, uh, you know, three of the biggest bats that have come through, uh, Wichita State in that program history, but I still think they're going to be in the mix, and uh, Christy has set herself up for long-term success here, I think, uh, with the Shockers. Taylor Eldridge, our guest from the Wichita Eagle, talking Wichita State sports. Um, I had another baseball question, but I'll, I'll move to men's basketball in our limited time uh, remaining. Uh, Kenny Poto returned. That makes two scholarships left. What do you think is, is going to happen with those two scholarships? It looks like the transfer portal might have run a bit dry. Is there anything available for the Shockers to improve their team next year? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, they're going to be in the mix for a point guard for sure. I know, uh, you know, just looking at how uh, Mills ran his offense at Oral Roberts, he likes to have multiple ball handlers on the floor. Uh, we'll play two point guards at the same time. So I, I think it's safe to say that one of the spots will be a point guard. And then the last spot, you know, they're, they're probably, uh, you know, you can get creative with that one. You can try to go after a high school kid, uh, go after an international guy, something like that. Uh, try to get somebody to reclassify, kind of like what the, what the Shockers did with Isaac Abide uh, a couple of years ago where, you know, he, he uh, reclassified at the end of the summer, uh, kind of surprised uh, people in the recruiting world because uh, uh, not very many people thought he'd be eligible 
and then uh, and then uh, just have him come and, and sit a year in red shirt. So I think that's probably the plan right now, point guard, and then get a little creative with that last spot. But yeah, I mean they keep uh, recruiting stuff uh, pretty under uh, you know under under the you know under lock. So uh, I don't have any names for you on the, the the potential point guard, but I think it's safe to say that they're going to bring in someone to to compete with Bijan Cortez and uh, and those guys and. Uh, you know, X Bell probably can play some some point guard. Colby Rogers, uh, probably another guy that can uh, you know be a ball handler. So I think he, it's safe to say that they're going to bring somebody in to compete with those guys uh, for playing time at the one. All right, real quick, back to baseball. Uh, the whole thing about getting back to Omaha and that being in Kevin Saul's statement, I don't know. It just rings uh, just a bit hollow to me. Not that that shouldn't be the goal. But they haven't been in 27 years. The college b- baseball landscape has uh, changed significantly. They haven't even been to the postseason in, in 10 years. Is is that the standard still at Wichita State? And it should be, I guess. But it should it be on day one, right after you've you've let a, a coach go. Should we say hey, we got to get back to Omaha? You know what I'm saying? Is, is, does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's fair, and you know, I've I've talked to a lot of people, you know, connected to Wichita State baseball too over the years, and I think there is kind of an acceptance that it's never going to be back to, you know, what it was, you know, at the height of its powers. They're never going to be, you know, going to Omaha every other year um, again. But I mean, I think uh, you know, as the 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 leader of the athletic department, like you said, I mean, it's it's fair to to say that's the the stated goal, but. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a in the, the current landscape. I think it's more fair to expect, you know, Wichita State to become a regular uh, regional team. Uh, you know, just get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that should be the expectation, and then make a run. You know, one every you know four or five years. You know, get to a super, and then you know if you have a really special year, then you can get to Omaha. So I think that's more of a uh, you know more fair expectation for this program. But like you said, it's been ten years since they just got back to the postseason. So just getting to one, that that's the first step. And obviously, like I said, you know, with uh, with the roster depleted and, and it's, you know, you got to point out too that some of these guys can come back too. Uh, you know, just entering the transfer portal doesn't mean that they're gone. Uh, but most likely, a lot of them are going to be gone though. So, you know, they're probably going to take a step back in the short term. But like I said, if you make the right hire, bring in the right people, uh, it could be better long-term for the program. But, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see on the, on how that one plays out. Taylor, great stuff as usual. We appreciate it. We'll keep uh, checking out your work on Kansas.com and the Wichita Eagle. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. There he goes. You Did he say something about softball pitching? No, I, you were talking about it earlier. I thought yeah. you were going to ask. Oh, yeah, I did think I was going to. But I kind of answered the questions, right? Well, uh, that's all we needed. I mean, as long as you're answering the questions, when he talked about everybody's happy. When he talked about uh, Kevin Saul doing meticulous research, I was like, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. Yeah, with the stuff I did on the strikeout stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's it's about, kind of it's almost the same thing. It kind of is. It really is. <laughs> Let's go back to the hotline. DJ Ingle joins us. He's a w- pitching coach for the Wichita Wind Surge. Uh, DJ, how are you? Hey guys, doing well. How are you guys doing today? We are doing fantastic. So you are a pitching coach for the uh, Wichita Wind Surge. That's kind of a, a new thing uh, lately in professional baseball, having maybe two or three hitting coaches, uh, maybe having two pitching coaches. Uh, so what do you think uh, your pitchers and the organization at large gets from having two voices from that uh, from that pitching standpoint that maybe they wouldn't have gotten with one. How does that whole situation work out? Yeah, it's actually uh, something I I love. I'm very fond of. We do it at uh, at every level, starting from the the DSL, the Dominican Summer League, all the way to AAA, um, and we actually have two in the big leagues as well. Um, but on the minor league front, we have two coaches. One of them is an English first language coach, and one of them is a Spanish first language coach. Um, so we can really make sure that we connect with all of our players um, and just share those experiences that, you know, sometimes could get missed over um, just through a language barrier. Um, all of us are working to either learn Spanish or learn English or continue to push those. Um, but I, I think that brings it out and gives us a really good 
a really good template to continue to, to push forward and reach as many guys as possible. DJ, give us a little rundown on yourself, where you're from, uh, baseball always been your sport, and then how how was your uh, how did you end up here with the wind surge? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, baseball has always been my sport. I played at a small junior college in northern Illinois, um, and then Chicago State for my final two years. Um, finished playing, got into coaching pretty much right away. Started at a travel ball program. Um, Worked there for about two years. Um, then I started my college coaching career um, at Lakeland University, which is Division Three in northern Wisconsin. Um, I was there for one season. Um, and then I started at McPherson College, actually, in McPherson, Kansas, um, in 2018. And I was there for three years, um, 2018 through the season of 2021. Um, and in April of 2021, I got hired by the Twins. Um, and I actually went to the Dominican Summer League, and I spent two a full year in the DR. Um, and then in 2022, I spent half the year in the DR, and then half of the year I came back for the draft camp. So all the guys, that, the new pitchers that we had just drafted, um, I started working with all those guys. Um, and then moving into this year, this is my first year in, in Wichita, um, but loving it so far. I got to ask, how was the Dominican? How was how were the players, the people, the facilities? How, how was everything down there? Because that had to be a little bit of a culture shock, I would think, coming from Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, you know, it definitely is. Um, but it was amazing. Um, the players, the staff, the coaches, everyone around. Like, they, we do it really well down there. A lot of other organizations do it well down there as well. Um, but I, I really love the way we do it. All of our players are, are there kind of on a, on a dorm setting. Um, all the staff stays there as well, and you have everything you need right there. There's three full fields. There's 12 bullpens. There's four cages. There's a cafeteria, auditorium, um, tons of rooms with, with beds and everything. Uh, and then all the offices, weight room, everything is just just right there on site. It's it's beautiful. Um, but the players, you know, it's you hear about it all the time. And, you know, when you get down there to go and see the 16 and 17 year old talent that is down there, and it's it's pretty eye-opening um, to see where those guys are at in their like playing careers at, at such a young age. DJ Engel, our guest uh, pitching coach for the wind surge alongside uh, Dan Urbina on the staff of Ramon Borrego. Uh, so, man, once I started saying your names and stuff, the, the question I had uh, slipped my mind. But, uh, yeah, just tell us about uh, learning Spanish and what's that been like for you. Obviously, that helped in uh, the Dominican and everything like that. But, you know, that's obviously becoming extremely important and has been extremely important on the professional baseball level to, to know Spanish. Uh, what's that process been like for you? Uh, yeah, so I actually had like a little bit of a background from high school, but, you know, that was before I took that job, it was about 10 years after the fact. So um, when I went down there the first time, uh, what I did is I just tried to assimilate myself as much as possible. I just sit in the clubhouse and pick up on phrases that guys continue to say over and over and over. Um, you know, And then you start to pick out what are the important words. Um, but our organization also does it well. Is We have an education program mainly for the guys coming from the, from the Dominican so that they can learn english and you know get their high school degrees but we also have other players american players trying to learn spanish to continue to connect with those guys as well um but our education program also offers us one-on-one 30-minute zoom lessons so i took a bunch of those to continue just try to learn so i could continue to talk to these guys as much as i could um try to get to know them and you know just try to let them know that i'm there for them and we're going to fight through this thing together did those guys ever give you a couple words that you thought were something else, something, and they were something else, so they all had a good giggle? Yeah, that happens. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, they, they like to have a good time. You know, they are professional baseball players, but they're also, you know, teenagers too. You know, sixteen, seventeen years old, so. They'll try to pick on you a little bit when they got the time. Yeah, well, I won't ask you to repeat some of the words because we probably <laughs> aren't aren't allowed to. Um, just yeah. give us give us a little rundown about uh, being here in Wichita. What do you think? Facilities, everything, and then to talk a little bit about your pitching staff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Wichita is beautiful. The stadium that's here, this is this is unbelievable. This is uh, the best place that I've ever been as a coach for sure. Um, 
and it's it's really exciting to come out here every night. I'm actually sitting in the dugout right now watching the watching the rainfall. So um, just sitting in sitting in here and you know seeing all the fans that come out every night and how into it they get, it's it's awesome. Um, I'd had like a little bit of an experience with Wichita before, obviously coaching at McPherson for for three years. Uh, we played friends. Friends was in our conference, so we played them a multiple times. Um, so you know, only 45 minutes away, have a little bit of an idea. Um, but Wichita has been has been great. Uh, all the facilities are are beautiful. Um, I, I I get to the ballpark super early just because I love being here. That's it's awesome. Um, but our pitching staff, our pitching staff's been uh, you know pretty good. We we've had some struggles here and there, but. You know, guys are fighting. Guys are getting better every day. Um, guys are continuing to to push push limits, push boundaries, and and work on new things. And you now we're starting to see a lot more consistent success, and it's been it's been really nice to see. Um, the last couple nights, obviously last night we saw Curtis Taylor, who's recently signed. He went two and a third innings and just 20 pitches with a strikeout. That was really cool to see. Jordan Brink turned it is turning it around with you know punching out two guys last night in the ninth. Um, the night before Blaine Enlow started, and, you know, he punched out 10 guys in four and two thirds. Um, he's put together a heck of a season so far. Um, David Festa, another guy that's, you know, push, pushing the limits on, you know, what, it, what can really be done. Um, Travis Adams is learning a brand new arsenal and continuing to, to get better every day with it. Um, but every guy here is continuing to just, you know, work on new things pretty much daily. Um, and all they're worried about is, you know, getting better, winning some games, and, you know, how how can we make them the best version of themselves and get them to the big leagues as fast as possible. Talking with DJ Engel, pitching coach for the wind surge. So, you know, there haven't been too many rule changes this year in A, but we know about the, the pitch clock uh, that was first uh, in the minor leagues before the major leagues. They're experimenting with the, with the ball in other leagues, with tack or mud. Uh, you know, there's so many rule changes, uh, the automatic balls and strikes and AAA sometimes. Uh, there's so many rule changes, and it seems like most of them affect pitching or are geared toward pitching. Do you talk to your guys at all about stuff like that? I know, Like I said, I know there haven't been many in AA this year, but, you know, it's like it's great that Major League Baseball wants to test out these things, but it's also these guys' careers that uh, are hanging in the balance of from all these changes. So what have you have conversations like that? Uh, you know what? Like, not really. Um because realistically everyone's dealing with them. Um, you know, it, it's there. It's not, it's not going to change. Um, but you get enough time in spring training to have an idea of like what it's going to look like. Um, and we practice it there, like in our bullpens, in our games, like we are running pitch clocks. We are trying to figure out what's going to work. Um, and I think like realistically, I think it's a, more of an advantage for the pitcher. Um, um, than it is the hitter. The hitter only gets one timeout. Obviously, the pitcher doesn't get any, but uh, if there's no one on base. But if uh, the pitcher continues to just get into a rhythm, like he doesn't want to step off anyway, uh, or the hitter is going to want to call time. And if he's called time already once, he calls time again, it's a strike. Uh, you start to see guys playing with the clock a little bit, use mixing their holds, how long they just stare at the hitter. Um, I think we've done a really good job with that. Uh, the balls we are we're using the normal ones here, so um, we haven't had any experience with that. <clears throat> but um, I know that they're using the different one in the uh, I believe it's no, not Pacific Coast, the Southern League. Yeah. They're using a d- different baseball, um, and you know, at, what, at the end of the day, whatever is going to be best for the game. Uh, and obviously, there's been a huge crackdown on sticky stuff, uh, which I think is good for baseball. Um, but also, you know, guys got to figure out what's what's going to be the best baseball, and hopefully we can figure that out sooner rather than later um, so we can have more of a uniform approach from, you know, the complex, hopefully all the way up to the big leagues. Yeah, and Southern League double-A, so not many rule changes in the, in the Texas League. I was just curious real quick before we uh, let you go, from McPherson College to professional baseball, was that even on your radar when you were at McPherson? Did, did, was, did you think the next step would be to get into a, a big league organization, and how did the Twins find you? Yeah, so um, 
there was there was always kind of a feeling that I wanted to to get into professional baseball, um, and I'd always you know continued to to push myself to to network and get into those arenas where that could potentially be a possibility. Um, and over the course of my first two years at McPherson, I interviewed with a couple other organizations before the Twins uh, that ended up not working out. Thankfully, I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited to be with the Twins. Um, but yeah, I kind of I kind of always thought it could be a possibility but was more of a pipe dream than like a realistic expectation. Um, and, you know, the, the jump has been, has been great for me. Um, uh, see eye to eye big time with like our, our front office group and, and coordinating group on, on what we want to do and kind of our approach to the game um, and how we train pitchers and what we're looking to get out of guys, you know, every single day, every single night. So this has been fantastic for me. Well, that's awesome. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you making some time for us on a game day. Uh, good luck uh, this evening. Tulsa's in town. They've got some pretty strong pitching themselves, but uh, Serge's offense has been uh, pretty solid over the last couple of days. So, so thanks so much, DJ. Hey, no problem. Thank you, guys. DJ Engel, that's hour number one of the show. What? We're halfway home. No. Already? Crazy, right? Listeners think they've only been listening for 10 minutes. Forgot to ask about my guy, Michael Boyle. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to ask there at the end. I but, know, dang. You know, way you go. You're talking about what you want to know I like about. have legit questions to ask. And, and then you don't ask them. Forget the silly ones. Those are the fun ones. Yeah, probably. Like, those are the fun ones. We'll get Michael Boyle himself on the show. Well, there you go. Then you can ask. Then you know. And then we, can, we don't even need to talk baseball. No. We'll just talk Hotel California uh, for... 12, 15 minutes. Yeah, and make sure I'm on that day because I can go take a walk while you guys chat well, about Well, I'd like your, you to be a part of that conversation. Your Hotel California Eagle stuff because I... Well, who keeps I'm, ringing the door? I don't know, but it's driving me nuts. Ding, 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 ding. Like, like stay or go or get a badge and just stop it. Right? Yeah, we need a break because you're right. turning red. I'm getting pretty fired up. All right, stay with us. Hour number two of Bob and Jeff coming up. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.